Hi everyone, Robbie here. I'm excited to announce my debut horror novel, Conquest, is out and available now, both in ebook and physical format. Here's a short description. Tensions are running high in the small mountain town of Conquest, Idaho. Newly elected Sheriff Heather Hill is on one side, toxic and corrupt Mayor J.H. Beter on the other, a standoff in a culture war. With the wildfire approaching, battle lines begin to form. As the Cold War heats up, Heather and J.H. are at each other's throats. But they have more to worry about than the fire. The pack has arrived in conquest. Around this gang of bestial shapeshifters, they are hungry and eager to show their dominance. Conquest makes a perfect target. Now Heather, J.H., and the people of Conquest must fight for survival as blood and ash fill the streets. It's a great book for fans of Stephen King or bloody werewolf stories, and I encourage any fans of horror to check it out. The link to purchase it is in the show notes or can be found on my website, RobbieDorman.com. I've worked very hard on it, and I'd love for you to check it out. Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I am fantastic. This episode is so much better than last week, but still not that great. I mean, that it just it goes to show just how bad last week's episode was. <laughs> For real. Last week, it gave us you know, fits and starts. This one, we're just like, eh, it's, it's not that great. I mean... I don't know if I – it's a good thing this one's better, Matt, because I don't know if I'd survive one if I got another one that was like that. <laughs> You'd have that conniption that we're always worrying about. I Yeah, it's, it's, it's always there. It's always a threat. It's season 12. Hi, guys. We are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. For only $2 a month, get access to all of our bonus content. This week's episode is Day of the Jack and Apes, episode CABF10, originally aired February 18th, 2001, written by Al Jean, directed by Michael Marcantel, received an 8.8 .8 rating, approximately 9 million viewers, finished 34th in the ratings with tying with an episode of Malcolm in the Middle. Malcolm in the Middle was a very good show. Surprisingly so. Uh, I mean, obviously it had... Um, uh, to Brian, Brian Cranston? That's the one, Brian Cranston, uh, in it, and uh, I feel bad for because apparently the kids were not like they lost out on all of their childhoods because of the show. But it was surprisingly well made. Eh, their our entertainment is more valuable than their lives. <laughs> yes, that is true. I, I'm I'm sure that's that's how everyone sees it. Everyone agrees with you, Robbie. I'm sure. Uh, the chalkboard gag: the hamster did not have a quote unquote full life. Oh, <laughs> poor. Where hamsters is that, are they talking about nibbles? I mean, who knows how many hamsters they have killed over the years? That's a harrowing thought. The couch gag: Homer is on a on on the couch, but there is a Freud like man, and Homer is talking to him, the therapist. Or yes, because psychiatrist. Homer definitely needs therapy. He it wouldn't hurt. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't hurt for anybody really. I can't imagine therapy not being good for most people. I mean. Might hurt your wallet. You get what I'm saying there? Hey, it's a little expensive. Get yeah, okay. Episode guest stars: Kelsey Grammer as Sideshow Bob, and stop me if you heard this one before. Matt Gary Coleman as himself. Oh wow, <laughs> I'm shocked. Oof, guys, 
you don't have to they really wanted to get all their money's worth from that one thing they recorded of Gary Coleman making karate noises. Yeah, they were like, oh, we have this in there. Uh, we'll just have him walk the red carpet. That's a thing he would do, right? And make karate noise? Okay. Uh, we'll get there. The, the episode begins with Mo on a Who Wants to Be a Millionaire uh, parody called Me Wanty. Uh, remember Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, Matt? I do. I remember Regis Philbin talking too much. I mean, they had to fill that. It's That was an hour. That show was an hour. It was very popular. Because people loved it. It's like a trivia one. And it was honestly, uh, most of the questions were not super difficult. So everyone could feel smart by watching it. And it took forever. Filled up a lot of a lot of time, got good ratings. But Mo's on there. He's 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 facing a, a, a difficult question about subatomic particles, right, Matt? Difficult question. Very difficult. I mean, if you have never had ninth grade science, you would have no idea. Uh, there is... Uh, so I I don't know. This is all filler. <laughs> this is yeah. not. I mean, it's it it serves as a segue into the crusty part because uh, Mo doesn't know the answer to the subatomic particle question. Calls Homer. Lisa gets him the answer, and then Mo wins five hundred thousand dollars. So that he obviously squanders because he's still you know Mo. <laughs> yeah, in the next episodes. I guess yeah. Like it, I can't. You. It's just that stuff. That's when that stuff gets extraordinarily frustrating. In episodes like this, which are otherwise, like, structurally sound. Yeah. Like, Al Jean wrote this, and you can tell that, yeah, he knows how to structure an episode of television and make it make sense. Like, there's nothing out in this that's, like, really out of place. Um, But it's when you have episodes like this that are structurally fine. They don't, they're not, like, a mess like Tennis the Menace was or, like, numerous others in the Scully Ears. It's when you get these things like, oh, yeah, Mo wins $500,000. You're like, well, what is he? He has half a million dollars now? What does he do with it? Does he just renovate Mo's? Like, tell, like, does it, yeah. how does he, how does he lose the money? We don't even get a note. We don't he even. He turns it from dive into faux dive. <laughs> but this is a, this is a segue because they cut from this quiz show to Krusty in a room with some network executives who uh, want to give him some notes. If anyone on Earth is confused by how Al Jean feels about network executives, <laughs> all you need to do is watch this episode of television, and you'll it'll be very clear. It'll be made very clear to you. Um, we get the network executives criticizing Krusty's show and Krusty quitting over it. Ah, this quiz show crap is just a fad. Well, fad or not, it's here to stay. And it's killing your show and the ratings. Hey, what do you want from me? I do a kid's show. And it's a classic. We just want you to open it up. Run wild, shatter the boundaries, slash and burn. Without alienating anyone. Oy, these fakakta network notes. Can you believe this? All we're saying is be dangerous, but warm, and edgy-cute. Did that exit work for you? I'd like to see it without the scream. I was just thinking that. Hey, hey, kids. Let's hear it for Madame Mimi and her cheese-seeking poodles. <laughs> we'll be back with a sketch set in the craziest place. A restaurant. <laughs> and roll commercial. Trusty, yeah, quick thought about this restaurant set. What? 
Could it look more like a diner? Ooh, the Seinfeld diner. Are you nuts? I'm on in five seconds. Because the great thing about Seinfeld was... You're on, Krusty. Ah, nothing like a meal in a fine restaurant. Ah, here comes the waitress. We're losing male teens. Can you get jiggy with something? You're giving me notes while I'm on the air? That tears it! Folks, I've been in showbiz for 61 years, but now these jerks have sucked all the fun out. I don't need 12 suits telling me which way to pee. Uh, for pee, could you substitute whiz? I don't know. That could upset the cheese whiz people. I was just thinking that. I can't take it anymore! Folks, don't miss this Friday show. It'll be my last. I conclude the part about, uh, you know, quitting show business. I like it, but where does it go? I, it was already a minute and 45 second long clip. I, I don't, I could have included, there's, I can't include every moment where a networking executive says something, um, terrible, terrible, because it would, it overwhelm all my clips. Um, yeah. that, hey, Al Jean doesn't like network executives. They make him change his art. Does, does anybody like network executives? Um, I think they like themselves. But not mm. not each other, I think. Well, yeah. um, we get uh, so the news of Krusty quitting his show is spreading far and wide. Um, we we cut back to the Simpsons who are eating dinner. Uh, they generally lament losing Krusty, even though it's Lisa who's like, "Hey, Krusty's quitting. What a shame!" I, isn't Bart the Krusty fan? I mean, you. You'd think so. Well, I, would, I don't know. It's just it's weird that Lisa's the person who brings it up. However, we get a very great joke about how the Simpsons are bad. Well, I think it's good for a show to go off the air before it becomes stale and repetitive. Maggie shot Mr. Burns again. <coughs> that was a good, good. <laughs> they they should feel bad about that. I it's I think they I think they must misunderstand because jokes like that when the Simpsons are good, like consistently, or even when the Simpsons are great, can jokes like that where they make fun of, poke fun of themselves and poke fun at cartoons and stuff like that, it works because the, otherwise the show is great and it just points out and they're like it shows that they're self-deprecating and aren't able to not they don't take themselves seriously. But when the show is consistently not great and they do this, it feels like a complete lack of self-awareness. Uh, <laughs> Um, so this is six minutes into the episode and we have Krusty, uh, talking to, to Kent Brockman and getting interviewed about his career wrapping up. And then we learn that he, uh, we, we learn that he has erased his old episodes and we see Sideshow Bob not happy about that. Kent, the young people today, they think comedy is dirty words. It's not. It's words that sound dirty. Like muckluck. <laughs> muckluck. You like that? No charge. Muckluck. <laughs> muckluck. Oh, can it, you tiresome tot sitter. I was the risible one in our dyad. Ever watch the old episodes? Oh, can't that's a sad story. I taped over all my old episodes. Well, you know, I had a thing for Judge Judy and blank tape was three ninety nine. What would you do? <gasps> Those are my shows. Frankly, Kent, those episodes were no big loss. The show didn't really get funny until we fired Sideshow Bob and hired Who's It's. You've erased my past. 
Now I'll erase your future. Hey, hey, lights out! Oh, honestly. At Chino, they get to stay up till nine. Now, Bob, I've talked to the warden at Chino, and that's just not true. It sure isn't. So we get Bob, Bob coming back. Bob's motivation for today's vengeance is he's lost all the all his old tapes have been taped over. So he never there's no longer an historical record of Sideshow Bob. Shucks Aroonies. I think that's fine. You know, I think for, you know, for, it's a good motivation. Let's let's be honest here. Yeah, it's for like for for this for for this for season 12 Sideshow Bob. I think that's not a bad motivation. Um, it just kind of it, it all all of this this whole episode is very surface level. There's there's it and it's fine, but there's not much down below. We don't get any. We don't get as like we don't get a scene where Bob goes, I I want to be remembered and et cetera et cetera and like all that. It's just like oh here's the reason and off we go. Um. Six minutes, six minutes into the episode, uh, which is actually a pretty good amount of time for them in their usual weird setups. True, it's true, and they they largely do stay on on topic after this point. Um, although they rush through a lot, so because immediately after this, we get Bob at a parole hearing. He complains about shower shoes and getting hit with books. Tom Clancy books, I think. Where is it, John Grisham? Uh, Tom Clancy. Tom Clancy. Uh, and then he gets released. Then out walks Chief Wiggum. Uh, live goes to live in a storage container next to Gill, which I would. The storage container part doesn't seem as bad as living next to Gill. Uh, no, that's going to be incredibly annoying. He's a, he's a Gill is a talker, very obviously. Uh, also, I wanted to say about how much it's ridiculous how easy it is to get Bob out of jail. Like, Look, we got to get Bob out of jail. How do we do that? Uh, we just have him call it, uh, you know, cruel and unusual punishment. Sure. I mean, I'm frankly, I'm all right with that. I it's, and that's what I mean by when I say it, like, it's all very surface level. Like there's not like when you think about, uh, Sideshow Bob Roberts, what ha he gets out of jail. And then, then it, that is connected to the rest of this episode, like how he gets out, you know, the rest of that episode is because like, oh, he talks about how, you know, how he's reformed and he's going to use that to how his experience is going to make him a better candidate or whatever. And this is just like, Oh, we need him out of jail. So he has a pro hearing. It happens. You know, it doesn't tie into what, you know, it doesn't tie into, he doesn't like, it's just kind of just like, we need to move. And we wasted five minutes of this episode already on quiz shows and, and network executives. Like the network executive part in this episode is meaningless like it, it doesn't need to happen you can cut that out and spend more time on you know the rest of the the important things which are bob and bart and crusty mm -hmm. they don't though and yep. then we get bob going to springfield elementary to get hired for a janitor position and he interviews with principal skinner now bob your graduate degrees more than qualify you to be assistant janitor <laughs> My blushes. But I am a bit troubled by your constant attempts to murder people. To be fair, most of those people were Bart Simpson. <laughs> oh, good luck. That kid's like a roadrunner. He won't go down. Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, Bob, your voice would be perfect for the school's morning announcements. 
Attention! The French club picnic has been cancelled. Quel dommage. <laughs> You're hired. It begins. <laughs> I mean my announcing career. That's what's beginning. Mm-hmm. Kelsey Grammer does a great evil laugh, even if he has a crazy person. Yeah, uh, Kelsey Grammer does a fan. Uh, he does exactly what's asked of him in this episode. I, I think. Oh yeah, he is. He does a good job as always. Um, why is he hired at the school? Because he needs to get to Bart. But then that's it. There's no the the we get it, after this we get them at the school and then the the plot moves away from the school. Why why can't he just like sneak into Bart's room and and, and brainwash him there? Like it it's like empty. Like this this scene with Skinner and then the scene where he's doing morning announcements and then the scene in the shed. Like why is it all have to happen at the school? Why is this used this way? Why is this? Why do we get this? There's not like it's is it's not like even like the we get skinner talking about the roadrunner that is like they did they have like that skinner and sideshow bob joke them commiserating about bart and so they didn't want to lose that i guess i I, I really can't the decisions made in this like where the plot goes from spot to spot just seems to be a vehicle for jokes yeah and it's not that it's bad i think it works. It's just, it feels, I can see the seams, you know? And I think that's the, that's the thing about seasons 12 episodes that even the good ones is like, you still, or, or better ones. You can still see the seams. Um, 10 minutes in to the episode, Matt, we get a commercial we go to act two. Oh, thank goodness for like the, all the three minutes that it lasts. <laughs> anyway, so four, f- almost four, Matt. It's almost four. Almost four. Yeah, it was just anyway. Uh, so, yes, uh, Bob uh, immediately uh, uses his power as the morning announcement announcer, which is apparently a full time position at Springfield Elementary uh, to have some send some announcements and then to tell Bart to report to the old janitor shed. Uh, so Bart is, of course, nonplussed by this. He just goes, yeah, whatever. Uh, I get out of class. That's all that really matters. And we get their first confrontation uh, where Bob sees his arch nemesis. Bob. How you doing? No screams? Not even an eep? Hey, I'm not afraid of you. Every time we tangle, you wind up in jail. I'm six and oh. I'll admit that the record is a little one-sided. But this time, I cannot fail. Bricks, my old arch enemy. I thought I was your arch enemy. I have a life outside of you, Bart. I mean, he might but we don't ever get to see it. So, yes, uh, Bob is apparently uh, no longer living in the, uh, the, the, the storage unit. He no. is now living in the shed on the back of the... No, no, he's still. they show him later. He's still in that storage unit, Matt. But they also show him later waking up in a bed in this shack. So. No, no, it's the bed in the storage unit. 
Oh, really? Is that yeah. in, okay? That's in the storage unit because so he's then, just using the shack for no reason. Raphael gives him, which is apparently the name of the 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 Charles Bronson voice uh, guy. Is name is Raphael? We also learned because that uh, Bob pays him two dollars to live in the yeah. in that storage unit. I like this exchange. I think it's 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 this is the best scene in this episode. Oh, that's true, because it's basically a character scene between Bart and Bob, and we get to see their relationship and how it's existed and, you know, why they each feel a certain way about each other. And Bob has prickly bright. It's basically what we know of the characters. That's why it's good. From here on out, it kind of goes downhill. Eh, I would say for it to be downhill, there'd have to be a hill. I would say it's a nice, long, flat plane. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'll get to it. It's in this act. Uh, so Bob uh, starts to brainwash Bart to go crusty. He basically ties him to a chair and says, hey, you know, this is what's going to happen. Uh, you know, he's, he tries to do the whole hypnotizing thing with the uh, uh, was it a nickel quarter? Something. It's a spir- something he needed it, for his laundry. It's a it's a spirally thingy. I don't know what it, I don't yeah. know what to it. It's a you know, you've seen a bunch of old movies where they spin a spirally thing in front of a character's eyes and that hypnotizes them this is all referencing the manchurian candidate you know sort of because it's, because it's very easy to brainwash people especially children <laughs> bob yeah bob i don't know bob is brainwashing bart to go crusty but the aim of the episode is day of the jack and Ape, so it's just referencing day of the jackal which is a different spy kill spy slash political thriller movie so i don't know the, the, why when they just make a Manchurian candidate joke in the title instead of Jay of the Jackanapes? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I again mean, the Bob Churian candidates right there. Come on, guys. <laughs> I I don't know the the yeah the brainwashes part. I don't care. Like it's fine. Let it hand wave it away. Like him getting out of jail. Just let it. Didn't lose it. anyway. Uh, so Bart goes home in his brainwashed state and claims to have been at the flower shop. Uh, Homer. Because he is an alcoholic and wants to hide it, it also claims that he has been at the flower shop, and that's it. That's the entire gag. We, then we go back to Bob and Bart being together. So I guess Bart went home for no particular reason anyway. He went home for that joke, Matt. Come on. I know. I know. Uh, so Bob uh, basically trains Bart at the Krusty Burger because he wants to make sure that when Bart sees Krusty, he will attack. That's how he knows that uh, the, you know... Uh, Training. The, the, the training, the, the brainwashing has taken hold. Uh, at this point, uh, we get Bart does attack the, the Krusty at Krusty Burger, which is the speaker. Uh, we get, the, you know, Bart swinging at it with a bat and Bob asks Cletus to take his picture because no one will ever find that odd. Uh, we also get Bob shouting work with the groin. Uh, meanwhile, the wonderful Springfield police are indoors and talking about random things uh especially mini pinball uh, which is apparently came with their children's meal that police Wiggum has picked up or no sorry uh lou got the mini pinball chief wiggum stole the mini pinball from him uh and when lou points out to chief wiggum that bob and bart are outside beating the thing up and screaming about it uh chief wiggum just says that it's great to see a kid with a wooden bat which no wooden bats are stupid there's still no reason to be using them anyway that's it's funny that the cops are terrible that's not true at all man are we going to go on a baseball or tangent now? I mean, wooden bats are better than metal bats in all ways. In what way? One, they are, they weigh more. So, and there's more variance in them. So it requires more skill, which is what we're testing in professional sports. And two, 
the speed at which the baseball leaves a metal bat can kill people and has caused serious brain damage to pitchers. So yes, wooden bats are better because they kill less people. Okay, well, your second point is valid, but then we should just put the pitcher in some kind of bunker that he has to throw out of. That would be more interesting. You don't even see the pitcher. You just see a ball fly out. That's might as well just replace him with a machine then. Huh. It is like that. It's weird like that. No, huh? you're, you, you are not a baseball <laughs> fan. You don't get to weigh in on this discussion, okay? I like baseball. Wooden bats uh-huh. are better. They They should make college players play with wooden bats. I don't know... Like, they make it like it's a marketing thing. Oh, ping, you get to hear the ping. I'm like, yeah, that's great. Until it kills somebody. Yeah. Which, you know, it's baseball. It could use a little more uh, danger. Anyway, that is the end of the act. <sighs> four minutes in. Four minutes in the second minutes act. In. Four minutes in. Four minute long second act. Oof. Okay. Again, man, the, all this cartoonishness at the end of act, it's fine. Again, I have to hand wave most, like, this is this I have to focus on the on the bigger structural issues, I think. And frankly, the cartoonishness in this in this part is nothing like Bart can oh, yeah. Bart can absolutely in real life could swing a wooden bat and could absolutely beat up a like a figure, like a statue with the outside outside of a fast food place. That's not a problem. And, and sure, Springfield police are corrupt and inept. So, of course, they can do all they, they won't. They miss all that stuff. It's fine. You're right. You're, all, all this is fine. I just, why does Bart go home to make that stupid joke? That's what makes me the maddest about this act. It, they misuse their time, Matt. And it's like, it's, it's like, it's when I, what it feels like to me in this episode is Al Jean is a, 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 a seasoned professional and wrote this episode and it makes sense. It goes from A to B to C and I, it, it is structurally sound. The plot wraps its it wraps up for the most part. That's but true. you can still see all those complaints we have about the Scully ears, about how they don't they don't they don't polish. They don't they don't fix they don't they don't condense the episode, they don't work on it, they don't they don't make it tighter and tighter and tighter. They just go, Oh, this is good enough and we we and we're done. Because guess what? Is see this episode is literally as short as they can possibly make it because they have the full intro sequence, which is all of the Scully years now. Every single episode is literally the shortest they can possibly make it. Yeah. The there is still a lot of wasted time in this that they you didn't need like you don't need to include some of these scenes. And if there was a little bit more polish, a little bit a few more, a couple more drafts on this thing, I think you streamline it and you streamline you have. Less crusty, less executives. You have more Bart being brainwashed at home with some jokes in there and more Bob and Bart time. And then you have the third act that is Bart and 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 we see so much of the show at, in Krusty's final show. Why? Who's asking for that in this uh, Sideshow Bob episode? Sideshow Nobody, Bob, I hope. A Sideshow Bob episode should be about Sideshow Bob. Like, I don't know why they... Or about a mystery or something. There's no mystery in this, and there's very little actual Sideshow Bob in this, to be fair, as well. Um, when we come back for commercial, uh, we have we are we get a, a, a sort of a, a dream sequence, a little fake out scene where we see Bart flamethrower Krusty and kill him. But it's it's I think I don't mind that either. I think it's it's fine. We get Krusty waking up in his storage compartment, and then uh, Raphael shooting bug spray in there. Which you have to do, you know. I, we'll get those bugs out of people's stuff. I would 
think it would be absolutely necessary if someone's living in a metal a metal box you don't want i don't know maybe it's another option that that bob opted in for so he also opted for getting prodded awake every morning so perhaps the bug bug spray is a part of it um we get red carpet gags including the aforementioned gary coleman because now it is time for Krusty's final show which is gets a red carpet thing why now it's a it's a it's that's a, it's the we get and we get fat over we get overweight um rainier wolfcastle he wants to work he wants to yeah, work yeah. is this supposed to be a joke about how action stars get fat when they get old i mean that's actually not not mostly not true that's what i was thinking I was like, that's that's not true i mean they sometimes get a little heavier but i mean most of those guys are still in great shape i mean aside from like steven seagal i can't think of any of them yeah, I wouldn't consider him a hero. I mean, in his own, in his own in his own mind, he is absolutely well, <laughs> a hero, man. It's those movies. He, I mean, he was an anti-hero. He was the Punisher, basically. A lot. Yeah. Of, he was like a a, a a a like a the Punisher who follows Eastern philosophies. That's what Steven Seagal was in most of his movies. Uh, yes, the Punisher who co-ops other cultures. Matt, he. Steve, don't even start with Steven Seagal. He obviously deeply appreciates all those cultures that he... Especially he... the Russian culture. <laughs> so, we have red carpet gags with Gary Coleman doing karate noises again for the fourth time. I think that's four times, Matt, where we have Gary Coleman... Really? Four times? Wow. I, at least three. It's at least three. It might be four. I'm not. I I'm not off the top of my head. I think it is four times that they've used his 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 one time he recorded karate noises. Um. So we get Krusty doing his final show. Uh, he talks about his like his first appearance. Uh, where he says the word pants and gets kicked banned for ten years, and then he's in laughing. And because he screws up that, he loses another fifteen. To be to be fair, the door screwed him up on laughing. That's uh, it's not his fault. Um, but we then we cut back to Bob in who sneaks into the show, making Bart into a bomb. Which why did they? This is the thing that confuses me the most. Honestly, of all the things in this episode. Why is a, bo- a bomb? He trained him to kill him with a baseball bat. Yeah, and now he's like, uh, I, that's less reliable. I'll just go with the bomb. You don't need Bart at all for a bomb. You just put it beneath, beneath the stage. Well, yeah, but, you know, this is more dramatic. He wants to get rid of both of his problems. What about Rakes? Well, oh, that's more of a systematic issue he's going to have to work on. So we had, uh, let's see, a second. Krusty not paying for his charities. Um... Matt, you have your note that I I took no- I took note of your note. Bob is just bad in this, constantly the butt of stupid jokes. Yes, like he, there's one where he's talking to himself uh, above, uh, watching everything, and then he says something stupid. The Napoleon blown apart line, and then one of the lighting guys is just like, "Yeah, whatever." No, don't report this or anything, lighting guys. Just comment on Bob's bad joke. I Matt, that is it is the show. <laughs> the show does not want you to ever forget that this is a show. It's not it that is it is a scully is the it is the scullyest it's the thing I hate the most about the scully years. Like I can excuse the the the, the cartoonishness. 
I can excuse like I can excuse some of the stuff. It was just funny, you know, that some of the jokes are still funny, but it never wants you to remember, never wants you to treat these people like they're people. It wants you to always remember this is fiction. These are fictional characters. Don't get immersed in this. Don't worry about Krusty. He's not going to die. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Well, Who that's, cares? That's hey, hey, this is just a TV show. This is just cartoon. Nothing matters. You caring about these characters doesn't matter. Hey. I mean, that's what, and that's, that's, these aren't real people. I mean, you thought they were characters with consistent characterizations. Of course not. I mean, that's the, I, I would think that's the point of your show is to try and make you care about these people. And then through that, that empathy, you deliver your, your, your jokes and your themes. But I mean, that's not Scully's deal. Scully's deal is pumping out television. So, uh, yeah, Bob is, I think, fine in this. Um, but again, it's all surface layer. It's just, it's all just their plain, simple Napoleon blown apart jokes. It is, would not, there is a few, like, there's a few, like, Bob-like gags in this, but it's not, there's not the typical kind of, like, haughty references that we get from him. We get Napoleon blown apart jokes, which doesn't. I don't know if that's a yeah. That's true. The but but uh, Bob being the butt of jokes is usually about how you know erudite he is compared to everyone else, and this is just not. It's mostly people ragging on him for doing stupid things, right? And I mean, it's 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 just it's all right. It has the it's all very like surface level. Um, just as you know, Bob programs Bart to to kill Krusty with a bomb, and just as it, Bart is about to go kill Krusty. Krusty apologizes through song. And you know something? I've never had such a great audience. Hmm? We've had a lot of... Well, Krusty, this is your Waterloo. Soon you'll be Napoleon blown apart. Ugh, terrible. Oh, hush up, Leo. You know, I'd like to thank God for all my success. Even though I never worshipped or believed in him in any way. But before I sweep up my last spotlight, there's one thing I've got to say. Over the years, I've... A lot of... Whoa. And I've... My share of... But there's only one thing I'm ashamed of. Ashamed? There was a man who used to work for me. A man of grace and humor. But I mistreated him. And drove him to a life of crime. So wherever you are, I just want to say, Sideshow Bob, I'm sorry. Oh, Bob, you repaid my abuse with raw hatred. But I need you today. Oh, Bob, well, you went to Apu's and you framed me. So they locked me away. Oh, that sweet, funny man. Oh, no, my boy bomb. My boy bomb. I like that one. I like that. That's a dumb bit that I I, I, I do like calling it a boy bomb. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It's almost like a, a boy band. That's also a bomb. I did not include... I've not mentioned yet at the uh, extended sequence of the chimp mr teeny doing a um the full monkey full monkey the full a full monty parody i guess very i 
I don't know what that again. Oof, oof. Okay, guys. Oof. That is very bad. Um again, more wasted time of a monkey stripping. Hilarious. The idea of a monkey stripping to I believe in miracles. Hilarious. Remember it's like that movie. This is our you remember the Simpsons we're we're known for like complex narrative uh, 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 parodies and satire of, of existing properties. Here's a monkey. It dances. Here's a monkey doing something you've seen somewhere else. <laughs> Remember the, the dudes that, that stripped in that movie? Now it's a monkey. Uh, so, uh, Bob has forgiven Krusty because Krusty apologized through song. Feels a little arbitrary. Well, yeah, because they need to have something that causes Sideshow Bob to reconsider to make this interesting and kill I, the network executives, which I, is really what I, this episode is all about. They could have had maybe a single thing that hinted at this earlier in the show about Krusty being a little bit anything about like Krusty is suddenly like, nope, I'm 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 sorry. All of a sudden, I'm sorry about Bob after he did frame me um, for and try and kill me multiple times and destroy television and all other things he's done. Um Bob uh, Bob's upset. He doesn't want he doesn't want Krusty to die now. He wants Bart to not kill Krusty with a big bomb. Uh, uh but luckily, and this is where the episode fails, I think, Matt, frankly. Like all the other things I can excuse. I don't like them, but I can excuse them. Mm -hmm. But Bob does literally nothing to stop this from happening. Bob doesn't swing in and save the day. A monkey does. Mr. Teeny does. Why? 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 Well, because it's funnier that way because it's a monkey. Are you Homer? Is this what's is Homer writing The Simpsons? Is that what's <laughs> happening? It certainly seems that way. Like, all, that's all you have to do is you just get you get Bob to go. Oh, no, I want to save Krusty. I don't want him to die. And then he swings in here. I, you want me to finish this for you? I can here. I'll finish this for you. He swings in. We've seen him do this. We saw him do it in uh, Brother from Another Series. He's he's he swung in and saved Bart. He swings in, grabs the explosives from from off of Bart, and then covers them up like he's Captain America diving on a grenade. But they're a dud, and they don't go off. He did something wrong with the explosives, and they don't explode. So he's fine. You show. That he was willing to sacrifice himself for Krusty, and he did all the work, not Mr. Teeny, for no apparent reason. However, that is not how the episode actually ends. It ends with Mr. Teeny swinging in, grabbing the explosives, and then what happens? Matt, I want you to finish. Tell me what happens. <sighs> and then he goes to throw it in a place where he doesn't think it is, but there is someone there. It's the network executives. And they do their stupid, oh, something, I was just going to say that crap and then Mr. Teeny throws the bomb in anyway because Mr. Teeny doesn't have any respect for that variety of life uh, it blows up and no one cares Sideshow Bobby or Sideshow Mel even mentions that it was just some network executives uh, but luckily they're network executives they're not people uh, so they reform in a T-1000 style blob and ask if they've thought about Dave Chappelle yeah. no wait 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 man let me you I that can't be right they reform like as a T-1000 you mean from the Terminator 2 Yes, like yes, liquid, a, li a liquid metal person. Indeed. So in the Simpsons, that exists. People are just made out of the the T one thousand liquid metal. Or network executives are inhuman killing machines from the future. Set back to yep. ensure Skynet exists. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. 
okay uh yeah they they really this episode i think would if all i had to do was nail an ending and i think it would have been 100 percent better because otherwise i think it structurally is okay you know it's not great not even good but it's okay it it works you know it's like a it's like a car that has like a slightly flat tire you know all you have to do is at the end of the episode get it to a gas station and pump those tires to full and everyone's like hey the, the car looks fine Instead, you have a monkey and the T-1000 more networking executive jokes. And you're like, well, hey, it's why? Why all any of this? Why is this happening? Um, and, but that's not the end of the episode, Matt. The end of the episode is Bob and Krusty and the rest of the family, the Simpsons family, um, at a at, at the at a fancy restaurant. I don't know if it's the Gilded Truffle or the I don't it's I don't know. They're they're eating dinner and all that. Um. And then we, Bob gets guillotined. Krusty, I'm so sorry about the attempted murder. Will you stop with a sorry? Every time you try to kill me, my ratings go through the roof, you nut. We are good together, Krusty. It makes me sad that you're getting the death penalty. Oh, don't remind me. <sighs> okay, where do you want to do this thing? Isn't it customary to have a trial? Oh, a wise guy, eh? And that's where we leave it. <laughs> I guess Bob's dead now. Yep. Bob got his head cut off because that's that's how backwards Springfield is. They don't catapult people, but they will cut off their heads. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I have to laugh, Matt. You have to because otherwise you'll just be sad. I would just cry. Yeah. It's, this episode does not inspire the rage that last week's does. It's just... It's fine. You know, I think that's where it's fine for season 12. Uh, Bob, has, there's some good lines in here. The I think that said largely works. You know, it's not a shambling mess of a thing, but miscues here and there. Things that don't make sense. Overly cartoonish things for no reason. Side side gags that dismiss the whole point of the episode. It's like those little things add up. And at the end of the, the ending that is utterly nonsensical. Why is why are we guillotining Bob? Do do we are do you think they? I'm gonna ask. Okay, I'll ask you this, Matt. Do you think that they legitimately wanted to kill off Bob because they didn't want him to have any more episodes because they didn't want to have to think of new things for Bob to do? I think they just thought that as many times as Bob has tried to kill somebody, it would be funny if someone tried to kill him. This is not for those two minutes just score at home. This is not the last Bob episode. It definitely is not. Not so. There's there's many more Bob episodes. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know what, can I like submit meh, meh, that's how I feel, meh. Yeah, I, like it's, it's not the worst thing ever, but you know, it's, it's not good. Not super interesting. It's not good. I mean, this is my least favorite Bob episode, I'm pretty sure. Out of all of them? Yeah, I mean, can you think of a worse one? Uh, I mean, all of them after this, this one and everyone afterwards all kind of blend into a big giant bob blob to me well i mean i think there's only a couple more after this actually yeah exactly that's what i mean and none of them stand out they all feel like that they all felt i feel the same about them they're not like they're none of them are good none of them are bad they're just kind of eh. they're like hey i still like kelsey Grammer as bob we get more of his family at a later point you know is him and oh, that's right. I forgot about that one. Yeah, that one I really liked uh, when he used to meet his wife and him his and his parents and all that. Bart and him team up. 
again, I guess. Like they've already teamed up before. Oh, uh, okay. Sorry, you're right. There is one worse Bob episode, and that's Frank Grimes Jr. Yeah, Frank Grimes Jr. <laughs> that sorry, is, Robbie. We're getting there. That is, surely. that is an episode, isn't it? They do do that, don't they? Yep. If you guys thought I was angry at Tennis the Menace. Ooh, boy. I... I'm not sure. I, I might have to do that one solo, guys. Sorry. <laughs> You'll just be yelling in, in the background. I'll just be ranting and raving, pacing 100 feet from the microphone. Um, and this, we'll be able to hear him perfectly. Yeah, this episode's fine. Um, anything to add, Matt? I don't think so. This is a this is an okay episode. It's one of the better ones in season 12. But <laughs> honestly, you can just skip season 12 entirely. <laughs> I don't... Well, let's, let's make that judgment at the end, Matt. Okay? I don't... I'm not... I'm not ready to say skip the entire season yet because you don't have okay. to cut. You don't have to cut it whole cloth from your life. There might be one or two episodes worth watching. That's true. I think our our uh, secondary list of you know post golden years will bear that out. That's very true. Um, uh, we'll rank it at the end of the show. No submissions for this for my favorite episode. I don't think this episode is broken. I just think it's mediocre. I would agree. Okay. Well, now that we agree on that, Matt, we can move on to our next segment. It is time for comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments from the news group is where I comb through the old Alt.tv down Simpsons news group, see what people were talking about the week or two after an episode debuted, what they thought of the episode, if there's any other interesting notes they picked up on. Got some reviews for you, Matt. Okay. First. The Sideshow Bob episodes have traditionally been excellent compared to others of their season, and this was no exception. Finally, plot development within the first few minutes. Typical Simpsons logical leaps. Bob getting a school announcement, no one caring when Bart goes to the abandoned tool shed. Simpsons getting free passes to the Krusty final show. And the endings continue to get slightly and slightly more normal. Overall, it's hovering on the brink of an A, and giving the show's continued recovery, I'll give in just this once A. Mm. Next. I think that person is just... Sure. Next, Matt. Although far from being a classic Sideshow Bob episode, a pretty decent showing for the last seasons. Hardly any flaws apart from a massive underusage of Lisa, who's always one of the main characters in Bob's show. In Bob's show? In Bob's show. I excuse the exaggerated use of meta jokes and references on TV politics in the first few minutes because otherwise we saw a rather coherent plot line with stable characterizations, great references to older Bob appearances, and quite amusing moments. The ending was a bit alienating, though, not only the liquid TV execs, but also the foreshadowed death of Robert Underdunk Terwilliger. I would really like to see him back as he made me giving this episode a solid season 12 standard A. So that's on a curve. A for season 12. Uh, our final, Our final review. After the absolutely appalling Tennis of the Menace, this was a delightful return to some more involved humor. Though the plot was still formed around the jokes instead of the other way around, Day of the Jack and Apes had some great scenes. Though you still get the baffling sense that the characters are waiting for your laughter to subside after making a joke, something that is indeed very strange to witness on an animated show. So we all know that live cartoons put a terrible strain on the animator's wrist. This wasn't even as good as Homer vs. Dignity or The Great Money Caper, but compared with everything else from this ungodly season, it was a welcome breath of fresh air from the other crap. B-. minus. That is the lowest score. Wow, I think people just really like Bob episodes. It's a trick. This episode, I mean, one, this trick is not, this episode is not a complete mess. And, you know, after you've, I completely agree that, you know, watching this after watching a bunch of garbage, you go, this feels amazing because it's yeah. <laughs> kind of coherent. Um, but, and also Bob being in there and, you know, it, it, it feels comforting and feels, you know, uh, nostalgia. There's nostalgia there, I think. Um, but still, I don't, think it's i don't know this person also liked homer vs dignity so i don't know what to do about that Oof, yeah 
Um, a note about tapes, television tapes being erased. Erasing historic tapes is real life precedent, according to Joe Clem. In the 1970s, the three major television networks were facing a problem. The vaults where they kept their programs has so many tapes that they are running out of space to store them in. To solve this problem, the networks decided to do something that by today's standards can be considered dumb depending on the object. They simply erased some of their programs to make room for other programs. The programs are erased range from episodes of TV shows, usually daytime fair like game shows, to important events, the only color footage of JFK's inauguration and the first Super Bowl. Despite these erasings, that doesn't mean a show is lost forever. An example of this took place last year when someone discovered tapes containing the CBS run of the Jack Berry game show, The Joker's Wild, with, with the exception of the last season, was thought to have been lost due to erasure. These episodes, upon being cleaned up, are now being aired for the first time in almost 30 years on the Game Show Network. Uh, an added note, in the, the April 29th, 2001 New York Times, there was a piece on tapes uh, the Museum of, Museum of TV and Radio wishes it had, including uh, the tape of Super Bowl number 1. So, movie, television studios were stupid. Well, obviously, I, I mean, I feel like most executives in most uh, industries are out of touch with what actual people want. But mm. and I mean, I in a certain point, in like you know, this is the the seventies when this the first happened. There was no VCRs. There was, you know, no DVRs for for sure. There was no way to access the stuff after it, you know, after it aired, and if it wasn't in syndication why are we holding on to this you know like how they they did not have the foresight to go well maybe we'll be able to like sell it again someday which is why like it feels crazy nowadays because you're like well all that back catalog imagine like like how many people keep netflix subscriptions just because they want to watch friends or star trek the next generation over and over and over again a lot of people yes and they that that back catalog can be very uh you know marketable and valuable um, a note about forbidden words, much such like pants. Uh, back in the 30s, Hollywood issued the Motion Picture Production Code, uh, which is the Hayes Code. Also, uh, there was a forbidden word list, including words like alley cat, bat, nuts when you weren't discussing insanity, nerds, or the inexplicable in your hat. Don't say nerds on television, man. Nope. I mean, there are a lot worse words you can say, but that one will get you banned for yeah, sure. For sure. Um... The, here, I got, I got someone commenting. The ending episode where the cops plan to behead Bob is a likely sign that this is meant to be the last Sideshow Bob episode on the show, which is a sign that The Simpsons is running on its last legs. Well, yeah. Absolutely. No more Bob episodes. No more Simpsons. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Ever again. Um, there's also a ton of deleted jokes out of this. Tons of stuff cut. Tons of gags. I wonder why. Because it would have taken time <laughs> to, like, write them into an episode, I'm guessing. I don't know. Or, like, to they'd have to think, like, how long is this going to take to air? We have to how how we have to cut stuff out of the 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 intro. That seems like work. Can't do that. Of course not. The, the, they seem perfectly funny, like perfectly funny jokes. I don't know why they don't try and pack the episode tighter with more stuff in it. That's what you want, right? No. Okay. Or wacky jokes. Or well, I mean, it's not even that. It's just I don't mind the jokes. Just like make your show more, do more. Come on. That's all I'm asking. Um, we can. That's all. That's all I found. We can move on to the next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is gonna give me something stupid. Well, hot dog. We have a wiener. Yellow. A listener question of the week this week is what is the most inane plot device? 
Lots of good answers for this. Um, from Matthew, most comedic suicide attempts. It wasn't really funny the first time it was done in Grift of the Magi. And it's gotten less funny the dozens of times since. From Darren, the elves from Saddlesore Galactica to quote, um, what were they thinking? Uh, Chris, definitely the elves. He adds, from Eric, the underground jockeys, the elves. Lots of elves. Matt, I don't know if you, you're picking up on a lot of people. <laughs> going with the elves the jockeys truly a sign that writers have given up on any attempt at actual quality from from thomas for me the use of grandma flanders takes the cake she's only appeared twice in the show and the second time was 22 years after the first the kids are all fight features her babysitting bart baby bart and lisa for the sake of a contrived plot they kill her off she serves no purpose to the plot before that anyone could have babysat the kids and yet they killed off a character just so they could do a hello joke uh, hello joe joke again from brandon the bar rag and mo goes from rags to riches uh sean at the real sean smith when the end comes and they don't know how to finish so they just do something wacky that we as the audience are just supposed to accept use it too many times to cover lazy writing like a monkey perhaps flying in and throwing a explosive into a room full of network executives you could say weird how that works yeah play a million at o benjamin the gas fence making the mod mask float and i'm going to praise land has such a nonsensical reasoning and nonsensical resolution so see you in late may <laughs> can't wait uh denise and carmat Simpsonology. homer is a nuclear safety inspector it's true yep nick at nintari wizard moe's bar rag no question Daniel at Vegeduck, Rayman Genie being obscured by a black hole, and of course Stephen Hawking comes back to explain it. God, I forgot that one. I think that episode could have been, has so much potential, and then it's that. Uh, and finally, from Derek at Ismis Derek, the plot devices used to get us to the meat of the story become increasingly absurd and fat, fatuous. We need an injured Homer to start a medical medicinal marijuana story. Any ideas? Uh, how about he adopts a murder of crows and who then turn on him? Perfect. Lunchtime. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I would say that's it's I don't. Hmm. What's your answer, Matt? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the idea of Homer's jobs. Uh, basically, I feel like that uh, premise has gotten thin that Homer keeps getting all these new jobs. I, I mean, that's the one thing I just I feel like they have moved more away from it in the last 10 seasons or so which i appreciate uh but for a while there especially in the scully years and like seasons nine and ten homer had a new job like every week and it was just strange how he never had to go to work and i understand that's like the part of it or whatever but i really preferred uh you know them coming up with a better reason essentially it's not i don't i i think that the job thing is nothing it's nothing to do with the fact that he gets new jobs like i don't care they could do it a hundred times in a row i don't care as long as they put the work in and make explain what like think like deep space homer it is the most ridiculous thing in the world okay when we're talking about cartoonishness deep space homer homer becomes an astronaut goes into outer space but they spend a long time setting it up they make it makes sense they're looking for an joe every man to go into space they have a, these extended training sequences they have like multiple scenes explaining what's going on and then tying it into a theme about bart respecting his father homer trying to live up to some kind of he heroic ideal so it grounds this cartoonish ridiculous concept in reality 
And at the end of the at the near the end of the episode, when the the door opens and he might get sucked out into space, there is genuine tension and suspense because we want Homer to fulfill that heroic ideal for Bart, and it works because of all that work into it. But when you're just like, oh, this week he works here. And then they then they throw in a joke of Lenny and Carl going, does he even work anymore? That's all it is. And then it's okay. Yeah, they just they're like, oh, we don't want to have to spend 10 minutes setting this up. So Lenny and Carl say a joke. That's our explanation. It's just that's it. That's the problem. Um, I'm going with the the, the rag from Mo Mo's. I yeah, can't. It's terrible. I had a different answer, and then people said it as their answer. I'm like, no, that's worse. I that episode is, oh, that like, like they can't even. They had it's just so zero understanding of the source material. It makes no okay. Uh, just thinking about it makes me. <laughs> it's like that. It's you're, I'm getting memories like it, like Frank Grimes Jr. and that stupid bar rag. I'm just like, ugh. Oh, I, I, this is what I have to face. Uh, thank you guys for your answers. Next week's question: What is your idea for the final Sideshow Bob episode? Simpsons. Next, say say let's say the Simpsons go. Oh, well, this will be our final season. Then and so we're gonna have one last Bob episode. What is it? What is your idea? I'll post this question on social media: Facebook dot com slash the Simpsons Show Pod on Twitter at Simpsons Show Pod, and you can email us at Simpsons Show Pod at gmail dot com. Links to all that stuff's on our website, which is the Simpsons Show dot com. Next up, Matt, it is time once again for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am the smart. I am the smart. S M R T. I mean S M A R R T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions: one easy, one medium, one hard. And try and stump the other. Matt has a five-point lead on me. We're roughly halfway through the season. Matt. Yes, sir. Give me an easy question. All right, sir. Your easy question. All of today's questions come from Mom and Pop Art. What appliance does Homer turn into art? Yeah. Grill. No, I'll give it to you. It's the barbecue pit. I mean, it's a, there's a grill in there, isn't there? As part of it, yes, but you know, it's a, it's a whole barbecue pit. I mean, a, a barbecue pit and a grill are very different things. Right? One, it comes down to the smokiness. I mean, you're a Texan now; you should understand this. One, Matt, calling that a barbecue pit is a misnomer because there's no smoker in there at all. All right, it's just a grill. That's the problem. Okay. You well, I assume as part of a uh, a barbecue pit that there is a separate uh, area inside the barbecue pit where you put the wood to actually have the smoke come up and cook it. <laughs> Too many people use the word barbecue and grilling. They're not. They're okay. Your easy question, Matt. In I Married Marge, how does Homer propose to Marge? Oh, uh, I believe that is the onion ring uh, proposal inside the gulp and blow. Is that your final answer, Matt? Well, let me think. Wow. I Married Marge. I'm going to say yes. It's incorrect, Matt. Oh, man. Which one is I Married Marge? The card. It's the card, Matt. He as they're out, they're on the, they're on, they're on lookout point or wherever uh, they're dri- they're parked somewhere. I don't oh, know. that's right. And that's right. She finds the car. He's looking for the. He's like, he's like, I have something to say to you. He tries. He digs up. He's digging out the card. Uh, he's like, I wrote it all down. <laughs> there are too many flashback episodes. They're all running <laughs> together in my head. The 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 onion ring comes later. That's them coming back together. And he 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 doesn't have a ring to give her, and she Marge doesn't uh, care. Right. And so he just, she's like, I, uh, he, he just, she just takes the onion ring and then it starts burning her finger. So Homer eats gotcha. it. All right. Fair enough. 
What's my medium question? Man? All right. What was the name of the art dealer that discovers Homer? Oh, God. I know... <laughs> I know the actress who plays her. Do you? That's pretty good. That's not the question, though, is it? Um, no, it's not. Mm, I want to say it's like Gloria... This is the name that popped in my head. And I know it's wrong, but I'm going to say it anyway. Okay. Gloria Vandekamp. You're way off. It that's, is Astrid Weller. That's what I thought. I was like, there's no, I know it's not right, but whatever. It's not like I'm going to get it. Um, your medium question, Matt. How much does their wedding cost? How much does their wedding cost? Do they say how much it costs? Yep, they do. Shotgun, Pete's, whatever, whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that one. All right. What do you mean what, that one? They've only got married once. Sorry. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm just thinking of when they're buying stuff for the baby and they're like, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, what does that do with the wedding? Them saying them. Okay. How much does their wedding cost? Uh, I thought this it is eighteen ninety five. Twenty bucks, man. Okay. Twenty bucks because they also get some chips with it. That's what it was. Bang, bang. Indeed. All right, your hard question for today: uh -huh. uh, What artists are represented in Homer's art dream in Mom and Pop Art? Oh God. Um. Okay. Uh. Do I get? Are you gonna give me how many there are? Uh. There are five. Oof. Okay. That's bad because I can think of two. Um. Dolly. Um. Edward Monk. Um. Andy Warhol. Um. I want to say. Uh, uh. Van Gogh and Picasso. You're actually kind of close. Uh. Dolly, Warhol, and Picasso, yes. Uh, there is no Monk, uh, but there is Da Vinci and Rousseau. When is the... What episode has the scream in it? Uh, I don't know. Okay. But is I, that how you pronounce it? I always pronounce it Munch. I have no idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't know how to actually say the name. Uh, that's just a guess. Uh, there's there's this episode where like they have a dream sequence and you they have a... the They literally have the scream screaming. I don't. I have no idea. Yes, yes. I cannot uh, remember that's what episode. The one from. Homer plays pinball with him. What? Uh, <laughs> I'll see if I can find it. It's fine. It doesn't really matter. Your hard question, Matt. Are you you okay? Yes. Okay. Your hard question. What other names does Marge suggest for Bart, and what rhymes does Homer use to veto them? Oh God! Both um, Larry, Larry Ferry. Um, Marcus Mucus, um, Bob Slob, um, it's two more. Besides, there's two more. Jesus, really. two, two more. I was gonna ask. I was like, oh man, I think I'm running out of steam here. Uh, that's all I can remember. There is Larry, which is Fairy Larry. Uh huh. There is Lewis, which is Screwy Louie. Ah uh, yes. Bob Slob, Luke Puke, Marcus Mucus. Ah, uh, Luke Puke, of course. But no problems with Bart whatsoever. Bart, art, the art. Fart never came up, apparently. No. Uh, also, it was, uh, I believe it was either Lisa Sachs or C. Homer Run. I think it's uh, Lisa Sachs. I think it's Lisa yeah, Sachs. Yeah, he plays foosball with uh, the guy from The Scream, as well as Michelangelo's David. Okay. Matt? Yes. Things are looking up. I know, you got one point on me. <laughs> Hey, if I get a one point a week, hey, I'm, I'm on the road to success. Exactly. That's all it takes. No bonus questions this week. Oh, okay. Okay. 
Uh, but we can move on to our final segment, the segment we end every single episode with. It is time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is a part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of the best episodes ever. There. That's okay. There you go. I don't, I'm having trouble. Um, this is the worst Sideshow Bob episode. Correct. So far. Um, which, where, where is, where is, uh, where is the, the nuke, nuke the, the nuke, the, the desert? Oh, I, I know the one you're talking about. Um, <sighs> Sideshow, Sideshow uh, Bob, Sideshow Bob's Last Gleaming is, that's one, that's, right. that's 123. Uh, it's way worse. Than, definitely uh, worse yeah, than that. Way worse than that. Um, let's see. Um, let's get some other season twelves in here. Is it better than Pokemon? Mm, I think it. it it's pretty. It, yes, it's definitely better than Pokemon. Just because uh, this is at least for the most part a competent episode, and that <laughs> made me angry. <laughs> I think it is better than Pokemon. I agree with you. Um, I don't know how much higher it's going to go though. Is it? Be- uh, is it better than Bart the General? Um, I'm not sure because I really enjoy Bart the General, but this is a Sideshow Bob episode and it has obviously 12 additional years of, of quality. So uh, I'm going to say it's better, Matt. I'm going to I'm going to agree with you, Um, although I, I don't mm, think it goes above the ones above it. I don't mm, now I'm doubting myself. Is it better than Bart the General? Bart the General is pretty good. It is. It's probably it is one of the best season one episodes, I feel like. It's the second it's second on a list among season one, right by Krusty gets busted is only four higher. Um, which is another I guess Krusty gets busted is the lowest on a list of the Sideshow Bob episodes, to be fair. It's just we don't think of it like because it's the first one in it. Yeah. And that's he's true. and he's barely I mean he I he's I guess he, it's I think it's not better than, than I I actually I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna f- fall back. I'm going to go say, actually, Bart the General is better. I'm going to say Bart the General is better than Day of the Jackanapes. Honestly, I, I can go with that. I mean, it's it's right there. It's very close. I think Bart the General, obviously, season one has a lot of, you know, season one, like, wonky animation and weird, weird voices sometimes. But I think it's still more sound and more enjoyable and a better episode than this is. Yeah. Okay. So, Day of the Jackanapes. Now, a new number 194 on our list, and a new number 20 of the post-Golden Years ranking. Right above Pokemon, right below Bart the General. Number one on our list is still Homer's Enemy. Last on our list is Kill the Alligator and Run. Will it last? Kill the Alligator and Run. Hold tight. I, I believe it will. Because next week is New Kids on the Black. I actually have some decently positive feelings about this. I know it's a little weird, but we'll see if they hold up. I'm not. Sh- I don't. Yeah. I, I. Everyone talks very positively about this episode. I remember not liking it at all. Oh well, then I guess we'll, I don't, we'll see. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I will. We'll. I, I, most people have said, yeah, it's actually not bad for you know season twelve, especially. Um, but we'll 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 get there next week. We'll we'll watch. Well, you can watch along with us. Um, you can find this list it's on our website, thesimpsonshow dot com. Links to everything there: Facebook, our Twitter, our RSS feed. Link to our Patreon if you want to throw the show a couple dollars, help pay for the hosting. We would really appreciate it. 
and get a bunch of bonus content along the way. So much bonus content. We've talked about the weirdest things, guys. What's the weirdest things? Simpsons related things, Matt. They're Simpsons related things, but a whole bunch of the creators have gone on to do other shows. And just recently we did the Napoleon Dynamite animated show. That was that was a rough one. Also, The Prisoner. That was very bad. You're out of your mind. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Matt, I'm going to I'm going to I want to hear I want to tell you something. If you think that prisoner is bad, try watching the 2009 prisoner. I don't hate myself that much. I watched it. It's really bad. Um that'll do it for us today. Before we go, uh you can go to my website robbydorman.com. You can find a link to purchase my debut horror novel Conquest and find a link to all my other podcasts, which is The Hands of Boys Comics Hour. It's about comic books. And the Serial Finesse, that's about lots of nerdy things that I like talking about with my friends. Last, uh, uh, most recent episode is me and Andrew Bloom, friend of the show, talking about Trading Places, a 1983 comedy. If you go further back, you can hear the two of us talk about The Dark Tower. Yep, we have The Dark Tower, the first book of The Dark Tower, The, the Gunslinger, and soon we'll be recording uh, a second when we go through the entire series. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him... That's true. However, I have been experimenting with new and exotic materials to download my brain to the internet, and I was going to upgrade my brain to Tumblr, but uh, or upload my brain to Tumblr, but uh, that went out the window when they got rid of all the porn. So instead, I'm going to be hanging out on Reddit, just screwing with people on the Donald. So, uh, you know, if you want to talk to me, just, uh, you know, submit a post. I'll probably steal it. Won't that? I'm fairly certain anything that tries to copy your brain is going to kill you. Well, yeah, but my brain will exist somewhere else, so it won't matter anymore. <sighs> I can still record a podcast if I'm fully digital. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And keep watching this episode. Shh.